Welcome to The Beauty of Conflict, a podcast about how to deal with conflict at work, at home, and everywhere else in your life. I'm Chris Marie. And I'm Susan. We run a company called Thrive, and we specialize in conflict resolution, communication, and building strong, thriving teams and relationships. Conflict shows up in our lives in so many ways. Most people, unfortunately, are not very good at handling conflict. Most people have never been taught the right tools for dealing with conflict. And then it leads to unnecessary friction, arguments, passive aggressive emails, tears, hurtful comments, stuckness, all kinds of things we don't want. We're on a mission to change all of that. We spent the last 20 years teaching our clients how to handle conflict in a whole new way. We're here to show you that conflict doesn't have to be scary and overwhelming. With the right tools, you can turn a moment of conflict into a moment of reinvention. Conflict can pave the way into a beautiful new system at work, a new way of leading your team, a new way of parenting, a new chapter of your marriage where you feel more connected than ever before. Conflict can lead to beautiful things. We have an exciting guest today. Intimacy expert Alana Pratt is a global media personality and go-to authority for those who have suffered heartbreak and are ready to live unapologetically and attract an open-hearted, ideal relationship. Her vulnerability and courage landed her a featured weekly column in The Good Men Project. Featured as an icon of influence and as a guest expert on Huffington Post, People Magazine, Forbes, CBS and Fox (laughs) and the Jenny McCarthy show. This Ivy League, (laughs) you're so awesome. (laughs) This Ivy League grad is author of four books and has interviewed the famous Whoopi Goldberg and Alanis Morissette and hosts the edgy podcast, Intimate Conversations, where listeners learn how to find the relationship they deserve. A certified coach with close to 5 million viewers on YouTube, that rocks. Alana was asked by Lisa Gibbons to coach her during Dancing with the Stars. Man, you have just hobnobbing with everybody here, Alana. (laughs) While supporting nonprofits like Rise of the Butterfly to end human trafficking, huge cause. Alana offers private and group coaching plus retreats so that her clients have a thriving, intimate relationship with themselves first, which naturally attracts and enhances their ideal partnerships. Woot, woot. That is such a powerful bio. My goodness. Well, you you know, when you just put one foot in front of the other and your nose is to the grind, you know, you you just serve every day and you show up every day. But when people read my bio, I'm like, dang, 20 years (laughs) paying off. (laughs) Yes. Dang, right. I mean, I was doing my research before we started and I was looking just your story, your personal story of, of starting, I think it was, you went to Japan or something yeah. and lived there. And that, I was just fascinated because, you know, Chris Marie was saying, you know, how successful you are now. And I said, and she started off with a pretty, you know, you just were committed. You had to tell us about like, that. Tell know. us a little bit about your beginnings. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, small town Canadian girl. And <laughs> I didn't want to be a pharmacist and take over Pratt's pharmacy, the little dog <laughs> door with the big heart, even though my dad did plant seeds about, you know, heart centered living. And I didn't want to be a teacher like my mom because they were terribly underpaid. And I knew that I was going to be a teacher, but that didn't seem like a path either. And so, yeah, I hopped on Uncle Phil's 18-wheeler semi when I was 19. I quit college to make it in Hollywood. And I failed. (laughs) I was good enough. Like I was talented enough. I'd been a dancer since I was five. I got the bright idea I would just dance on a cruise line or dance at, you know, Disneyland. So I was good enough, but I didn't have the visa. 
So with $40 to my name and my dad's credit card to come home to admit failure and go back to college or whatever, I got a job dancing in a show over in Tokyo. And I did enough research to be sure that I wasn't going to be sold into slavery or anything. Thank goodness. Yeah, but over I went and it was the first time I ever wore a (laughs) G-string. Oh my goodness. I danced at this hot spring hotel with these really cool dancers and singers. And and that led to moving to Tokyo and working at like big five-star hotels and commercials. And and I was making after like a couple years more than my parents combined being a dancer and a model and a spokesperson and an English teacher just working my tushy off having a blast. So the good news there is that I, I realized that back in quote unquote Canada, America, North America, there was shame around the body shame around Mm. sexuality. And one of my first big shows at the Four Seasons, when I got there, me and Susan, it was like, I put my costume on, I was getting all ready, the big headdress or the the gloves and the, where's the top? I'm like, Uh oh, got it. That's why I'm being paid so much money. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Ran out the door because I was so ashamed, you know, how, what a slutty, dirty, human I am. But none of the other girls had the same point of view. And I was like, huh. So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna like the good girl, the Canadian in me was like, okay, keep your word, go do your, but I was like out of my body, just crazy ashamed, terrified. My little boobies were being shown to all these like gentlemen in the audience. But as I looked on the other side of the stage, these French girls, you know, Australian girls, they had a different point of view about the body. And the men- The men on their side of the stage, I swear they were like Boy Scouts. They would bow, they would honor, but all the men on my side of the stage looked at me like, hey, tall glass of water, like slimy, gross energy. And I was like, well, what's going on here? And I went home Mm. and I cried and I wasn't going to go back the next day, but the good girl in me, the Canadian said, oh, go back. And so I started to take on like a curiosity, like what's going on here? And I'm sure you're familiar with like the Tibetan practice, Tonglen, when the monks breathe in the pain and suffering of the world and they exhale out love and compassion. It's a, you know, 3000 year old practice. And I was like, I think I didn't know what Tonglen was at the time, but I was aware they are allowing, not resisting, not reacting. They're allowing the judgment somehow. And they are exhaling out some different sort of energy. It's almost as if they were saying, yes, I am a divine goddess. Thank you for noticing. Or yes, this is a divine temple. Thank you for noticing. Mm. They weren't stopped by the attention. They were transforming the gentleman's attention. So I started mm. to practice. I was like oh, very scared, but I would breathe in all this slimy energy. And I would affirm inside my being on stage, dancing, no shirt. There I was, okay, but breathing it in. And I would say to myself, yes, I am beauty herself. And I would exhale out my eyelashes and out my nails and out the sparkles on my costume. I would exhale out and thank you for noticing my regal divine nature. And I swear they started to sit up in their chairs and bow. I'm like, holy wow, Wow. We are creating our own reality. Wow. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That's very that powerful. Is, yes. yes. And how powerful for you to learn that you could actually shift your energy, which would influence them in that yeah. whole piece. And if we wow. use that lesson into dating, mating, mm-hmm. relating, take it into conflict, take it into the bedroom. Like if you can take this everywhere and realize, wait a minute, I'm in charge of managing my own energy, my own thoughts, and I can create a new reality on the outside. We no longer need to be a victim 
of our circumstances. Mm-hmm. We no longer need to be afraid to sit in the fire of discomfort and move through and rise like a phoenix. Wow, like, that's powerful. I, you know, different set of circumstances, but totally agree with you. That is such a power. And your example is such a powerful one, especially around the body and, you know, how in our Western culture over here in the North America area, we have made it such a bad thing. And yet, I love how you said, I just looked over there and they were doing it differently. Mm-hmm. And who knows whether they were using that particular Tibetan process, but they were using something because they probably didn't even have the same storyline. The same judgments. Yeah. Judgments. They Correct. may not have ever had them, yeah. you know, and isn't that so often that that's such a profound piece of information, you know? Yeah. So, And tell us what you do now. Well, I, I dance on stages and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, You're I do, a famous dancer. Hey, I have heard though, you've taken up pole dance. Well, Is that- <laughs> you know, I haven't pole danced in a couple of years. I've been traveling, but when I lived in LA, uh, probably a good seven years, I pole danced and it was my church. Oh, I was so yeah. grateful for that. Uh, it was a place where there were just women, no mirrors, no men, and where we could be real. We could process oh, our emotions. Great. We could let go of anger. We could cry in the corner in the fetal position. We could be naughty, climb that pole, turn upside down, put your feet on the ceiling, slap your ass and slide on down. Like we could do it. <laughs> it was really, really healing and rewarding. I'm so grateful for those years. But yeah, now I'm an intimacy expert. I called myself first a relationship coach. First, I worked with women. Then when I was going through the worst of my custody battle and I came very close to hating all men forever, um, <laughs> the universe gave me Uh, a lot of male clients. And I realized that we all have the same heart and that men, you know, are, are good and that anybody whose heart is closed will act, you know, inappropriately and Mm -hmm. really help me heal my heart around what was going on with the custody battle. And then now, as I've been doing this for 20 years now, more and more couples are coming to me to work. I still work with men and women, but more and more couples. And really it's about this intimate relationship with ourself first. Mm -hmm. Inside, like intimacy is an inside job, in my opinion. Yes, we want to be loved and approved and and appreciated and agreed with and all of that. But really, that's a seeking, needing, wanting kind of energy that tends to push that very connection we desire away. However, when we can first begin with this intimate relationship with ourself, it's sure easy to love our good parts, right? Our looking good (laughs) parts. But can we love our wobbly parts? Can we be connected to our scared parts. Can we sit with our shameful parts? Not to fix her and make her better and so she looks good again, but like literally, I will sit with you in the dark, throw away the key, and I will sit with you for eternity if that's how long it takes. I love you that much. Yeah. 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 It's very powerful because I think so often the way we're enculturated, we are taught to hide you know, put on a strong face, poise, I'm successful. And we all have all these parts that are Mm -hmm. embarrassed, disgusted, shame, all those negative emotions that we try to pretend that we don't have, those parts of us that, you know, are part of our human condition. And we talk about it as the beauty of conflict within, because so often we want to ostracize those parts (laughs) and pretend they're not there. And that just causes havoc with our life choices that we make. And it it does sound like Alana, your definition of intimacy or intimate conversation is very much in alignment. Like when we talk about intimacy, we talk, we break it down to into me see, which is very much is all about me be allowing my full self to be able to show up. And that does include all those aspects of who I am. And until I can love those parts, it's highly unlikely 
well, even if someone did love them, I probably wouldn't notice that they were loving those parts <laughs> yeah, because I'm so busy hating them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. So. It's been a wonderful personal journey to love my stretch marks after giving birth, to, yeah. to love the, like I lost a custody battle for, yeah. even though my son and I are very deeply connected now, there was a period where he took dad's side and there was nothing else on the outside to look good. Mm. I lost you yes. know, money. I was humiliated. The court thought I was a bad mother. They believed lies, not truth. Like it was a really rough go where every last shred of seeking approval on the outside dissolved. There was nowhere Mm -hmm. left to go but inside. And thank God, because that was my life's journey is to stop trying to look good and get all of that outside in, scrambling, seeking attention, and to really find safety and security and approval and oneness and home on the inside, not just with my, you know, Columbia grad Ivy League mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but no, with the wobbly girl who was humiliated. Can I love her just mm-hmm. as much? And the more sure. work I did, oh my God, I could love my authentic sexuality. I could love learning how to be a businesswoman and, and ask questions that I didn't know what I was doing. And then I could be the safe space for others to tell me things they've never even sometimes told themselves. Because Mm -hmm. in a sense, I'm not going to judge them. And it's a privilege to be that safe space for another. Because just in being heard, that communication cycle of of communicating and then it not being received, it just stays spinning in your head. But if the other can receive without judgment, without fixing, without changing, and really receive it, the communication cycle is complete. And there's a rest that occurs inside. And then the next authentic truth can arise. And that's where we go so deep into intimate conversations and deep connection and expression beyond anything we've ever imagined before, because it's our truest, deepest self connecting with another. And yeah, I get to mm-hmm. be that with people. It's such a privilege. Now, often, because I do relationship coaching as well, and often women, their first complaint is, you know, he doesn't listen to me. I don't feel seen and heard. So how do you support and this could be men too, but I'm just, that's often what happens or what I hear. So how do you coach women through that? Well, the first part is what are we seeking in them that we're not providing ourselves first? So if you're waiting around to feel safe, seen and understood by him, but you're not spending any time with yourself, making sure you feel safe and seen by yourself, that's going to shift things right out of the gate, because you're not coming to the conversation empty, needing, which is a lot of pressure on the other person, you're coming to the conversation whole, maybe wobbly, but whole, which gives the other complete space. That's, that's one thing I would say. Second is, is set him up to win in terms of being in a place where he really can listen. Like, for example, if he's busy at work all day, and you're texting him or calling him, and he's not able to be present, you're sort of setting him up to fail that way. And if you sort of say, we need to talk. Like he's going like, <laughs> <laughs> to be, be freaked out late at work every night that week. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's a very simple yeah. technique. I learned it when I was like president of Toastmasters, different things, you know, and it's like, it's called the sandwich. And it's what we did in table topics. You don't just go for the jugular. You put it in a sandwich. So you say something you're grateful for first, like, Hey, sweetheart, I'm so grateful that we get to connect. I'm so grateful that we spend time communicating and that we really care about each other. You know, something authentic at the beginning of the sandwich, and then permission. Hey, can I be straight? Can I tell you what's on my heart? And wait for the response, because he might be, yeah, in 30 minutes when I'm done with this, I would love to. Like, listen, give him an Mm -hmm. actual 
time to respond. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, what's on your mind? And then it's not you, it's I. I am feeling scared when you said you would be home, but you're not. And I know I'm probably like a crazy person here, but I either you're dead in a ditch or you're with another woman. Like, I know that's crazy. (laughs) Just be willing if you're a little late to text me. Oh my God, you'd be my hero. Oh my God, I feel so safe inside. Would you be willing to consider maybe just texting me next time if you're going to be late? Like that way of presenting something in a sandwich and then maybe the end of the sandwich, like what are your thoughts? What's true for you? What's your idea around this? Like let them take ownership is so much more honoring of getting the response that you're looking for when I call that setting them up to win. Lovely. I mean, when you're working with your clients, what are some of the biggest problems that they come to you? You know, like I think we were, this might have even been before we were recording, but, you know, we deal with conflict. And I think you were saying that's the biggest impediment often in their relationship with their honey, their person. Yeah. Is an inability. Well, first I would say like why I think you two are like the shit. Um, (laughs) um, You see the beauty in conflict. Most people have been raised that conflict is bad and wrong. And so avoid it at all costs. Now, I love sitting in the fire. I love, give me your shadow. Let's go, right? Where's your demon? Let's have a party. Like I I know through personal experience and work with clients that that's where the juice is, the transformation is, the evolution is, is in the discomfort. So I have a different point of view, but most of us and me included were raised that conflict is bad. So the first part when couples come to me is like, what if this was good? What if this was a gift? What if there's something Mm -hmm. hiding in here like a treasure? I get that it's intense, but hell, orgasms are intense. We have no problem with that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Another flavor of intense. I got it. I got it. What if we first have a new point of view and then we learn to sit in fires and stay connected to self, intimacy with self, so we don't need the other to be a certain way in order to be okay, which gives them space to be and allows us to be more curious and hear them actually because we're actually listening. We're not three steps ahead trying to dominate and control and find a solution. We're just seeking to understand and then get them more into curiosity about what's going on. So I would say that's one of the reasons they come is that they don't know how to navigate conflict. They don't know how to navigate intense emotions and stay present mm-hmm. inside of their own being. And it quite often moves into power games. Well, then sexless marriage, and I'm not going to put out if he's going to be such and such, or I'm not going to come home if she's going to be a bitch. And they come to me normally because the sex isn't working. But that to me is the effect of a cause that happened a long time ago. And yes, I'm committed to them having rocking, awesome sex, but just the bridging of genitals isn't really what they're looking for. (laughs) They're really looking for safety in the heart being seen for their deepest, truest self, and the incredible flow of life force energy when we are embodied with an open heart, open vagina, this energy in us, as us, and through us. like That's really what we're looking for to experience and to share with another. And that physical expression is the same physical or same verbal expression in our communication. It's the same honor and listening and care. And really being three steps ahead, wanting to know how can I, from fullness, because I do my own inner work and take care of myself and I have an intimate relationship with myself, from that wholeness, how can I be three steps ahead as a gift to my partner of how to make them feel more safe, seen, and understood? Oh, oh, they like gifts. Oh, they like touch. 
Oh, they like words of affirmation. Oh, they like that I plan a getaway, you know, next month. You know, this generosity of spirit can't happen in emptiness of what have you done for me lately? It comes from taking care of yourself, taking responsibility, true forgiveness, which to me is thank you, forgive. The word forgive is in there. Like, thank you for giving me this experience. Oh, I like that. I I have never noticed that. That's Mm -hmm. cute. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for giving me this experience because it's giving me an opportunity to let go of this, step into that. Something inside of me can emerge. You are my teacher. Thank you. All mm-hmm. of these conversations occur in a period of time of working with couples or, or singles. Yeah. I know for even myself, when I'm more, oh, Susan, you need to do this, or it's because usually, and we were never taught how to feel our feelings, the energy of our feelings. So yeah. we're, it's usually when I'm like, ah, I want to get away from me. So can you fix me? Can you fix me? <laughs> and it's it's really me running away from this energy that feels like tightness in my chest or desperation or, yeah. you know, and the more I can let that energy kind of run through my body, yeah. the more I have that sense, one, a felt sense of intimacy connecting to myself, but there's less need for Susan to do something on the yeah. outside. Well said, beautifully said. Yeah, I didn't even know I had an inside. <laughs> also, <laughs> I was like my sweet dad, like he's dry now, but he was drunk and stoned most of my life. And my mom was checked out just trying to keep it all together, codependent. And so all I knew is how to stay three steps ahead to not get in trouble. That's all I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know how to be on the inside. And when I started to, oh, one divorce, oh, two divorces, huh, the only one in common is me maybe we should do some work. And so I realized that I had no relationship with my heart, my soul, my little you, this, I had no intimacy with self. And as soon as I went to look beneath the chin, slow the spinning down and just be, I was terrified. There was like Niagara Falls bottled up inside of me and I, I needed help in processes of how to integrate this stuck energy inside of me. And so I, while I'm, I believe I'm like a master coach level, I I create extraordinary results, but I'm also a perpetual student. I'm always getting Mm -hmm. new certifications, always curious about the next level of quantum psychology or brain science. I just got back from heart math down in Cancun last week of, you know, more like show me scientifically what my intuition knows so I can support more skeptical people of why these processes really work. And, and we were taught that you can't think your way into coherence, unity, harmony. You can only, mm-hmm. you know, though, yeah, it must drive you nuts. It drives me nuts because it seems to me like, and maybe that's just because I really don't have that desire to have science prove something I already know, but because it always blows my mind when just even recently I was reading something, I think it was a New York times thing, you know, now there's proof that breathing supports you. And I'm like, I'm sure it wasn't that basic, but you know, or, you know, and that could be the part of me that, and I do get it. We are, people are so, can be so desire to show me the science. And I love that you said, do you actually like to help those skeptics? And I, I think I do, but there are times when I just want to like ring their neck. I get it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be kidding. Well, you know, and when I see some of the things, especially because we do a lot of work in the business realm yeah. and sometimes in the business world, they are so skeptical. Of, yes. And it's just so shocking to me. Like, really, this would just be so helpful to you. So anyway, I probably have great compassion for my own skepticism, my own, like, that's even a nice word. It's probably more like terror, 
just (laughs) so wrapped up in terror that I was skeptical was my like sabotaging like little mechanism just to push everybody away. When of course, true surrender is where into the body and into the feelings is where the home is, the home is where the heart is like, but when science can show, and I can honor and not judge their skepticism, I can meet them where they're at. I can let it be okay that they're at where they're at and don't resist it. The dance begins. And no, it's like that, that breathing thing yeah. that you were doing in the very start yes. of the show in Tokyo. Oh, breathing in. Well, yeah. yeah, you get it. So I love when it can be confirmed that I'm not just making shit up and my intuition <laughs> is actually like scientifically accurate. And then it somehow softens them. And then we can get in there more and support people. So I don't mind with the science. I love it. I'm a geek. Um, I guess. And basically, I just want to get people results. I want to show them that there is a way for you to stay present in the face of anything, that you are bigger than any circumstance, that you can breathe through your partner having a meltdown and stay there, and that that can bring you closer. And I can prove to you why, but now let's actually do the work. And so I've been trained in these extraordinary processes that work with the brain and the images, the thoughts, the emotions, the body sensations to very quickly, like not dissolve into nothing because you can't create or destroy energy, right? But to integrate like trauma, emotional Mm -hmm. triggers that just, they know better, but every single time that's where they keep fighting. They keep having the affair. They keep drinking. They keep whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like they know better, but they keep doing it. And it just drives them bonkers. But when I can help integrate that into, oh, presence, coherence, a strength that's never been there before, like true integration where that never stops them again. And they take the reins back of their life. And even though they want to go on porn or Facebook, or they want to buy that 57th pair of shoes, or they want to go binge on that cake in the fridge at 3am, or they, you know, like they have a new capacity in their central nervous system. They can navigate an emotion that they could never navigate before. They can stay present with their beloved and have that conversation and get through to the other side. They can stay present to their kid who really just wants to be understood, not fixed or changed, right? Those moments when I can actually integrate in their body, the capacity to do that, the whole reality, it's a new destiny they create. And that turns me on. And that makes me continue to do my work as a student so I can do my work as a coach. We're about to go to a week of neurofeedback because this is our second alpha time, training. alpha training, alpha wave training, which is where it is the state of forgiveness, which really does, mm. you know, help heal whatever you're working on. And it's powerful because you get that, it, they even talk about the coherence in the brain because it's all yeah. the, you can hear your brain when it's, and when it's, when it's chiming together, it's pretty fascinating. So love I love that you're always a constant learner as yes. we relate to that quite mm-hmm. a bit. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I love that I've created my job, my business is a spiritual practice. I mean, it forces me to love my wobbly parts. It forces me to walk my talk and be vulnerable and transparent and practice. Like if you like me, great. And if you don't, great. I mean, I prefer you like me, but if you don't, I'm going to be okay. And to show up and share authentically with my community. Like just the other night, two nights ago, I get pulled over. I'm like, what? I wasn't even speeding. And he's like, and he's like as young as my son, I swear. Like, what? You're a cop. You're like 16, I swear. And he's like, hey, miss, your plates have expired. And I'm like, oh my God, really? When? 
like July. And I'm like, it's November. (laughs) And I'm thinking, oh, sweet Alana, there you were. You were up on sabbatical. You were writing your book. And you just, you know, it's just one too many plates. You just couldn't keep it spinning. There's no need to shame yourself right now. I know everyone on the freeway is looking at you. And I know that he's given you a ticket. But you know what? You have a moment of choice right now. You don't have to judge yourself. You did your best. What can you put into place so that this doesn't happen again? (laughs) Pay the ticket. Go to the DMV. It's going to be fine. But like those are moments that all of this practice, I could totally have like justified and had a fit. I could have judged myself one side. I could have blamed another. But like I tell these stories in my newsletters every week because those moments happen to all of us. And I believe the planet if we could all just pattern interrupt that moment. And as you said, into me, I see, like have that intimate moment of care, compassion, you know, tenderness with herself, breathe through the, oh, the jitters until we come back into coherence and harmony and just give our inner self a hug. You know, <laughs> I think the world would go in the direction we all desire it to go into. So the change, what does Gandhi say? The change you want to see, like be that change. Be the change. Be the change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's how my little part that I'm playing here on this planet is to love thyself in the face of anything and inspire others to do the same, even the wild. That's, that's great. That's fabulous. Yes. Now, I think you have a new tool out there that we want to tell our listeners about. Uh, why don't you, Yes. the intimacy blind spot quiz, yeah. is that what you're calling yeah. it? Tell yes. us about it. Tell us. I think I've redone my website probably like five times over the past 20 years. So that <laughs> the new upgrade is coming in the next few weeks. And I've I've designed an intimacy blind spot quiz. And for me, intimacy, as we've been alluding to, is not just with a beloved. It's also with yourself. And it's also with life, the divine, God, the universe, whatever word feels right to you. So it's a three-part quiz discovering are you an intimacy apprentice, craftsman or craftswoman, or have you mastered the art of intimacy when it comes to your intimate relationship with yourself? with the divine and with another. And that's my way of supporting people because I believe there's blind spots at every level. I don't think you ever quote unquote get there. Quite often as we get higher up in our capacities, we're like, oh, I got this. You know, I don't need to work anymore. So that's another blind spot that, you know, maybe humility is the next level of growth for you. And in the beginning, when I was like seeking, seeking approval and had no relationship on the inside, that would be like an intimacy apprentice. None is bad. None is wrong. We're all here to evolve. And it's just my way of supporting people to continue with kindness to self, the evolution of our intimate nature, which I really believe is what allows us to feel that sense of fulfillment. Exhale, home, yumminess, deliciousness, openness, full self-expression, giving of our gifts and genius and talents. I really believe the inside creates the outside. So this is my way to support people. Excellent. And they can find it at? AlanaPratt.com. Excellent. And we'll have a link in the show notes in case you're listening. Well, this has been delightful. It was fun to be on your podcast. We so appreciate you coming on ours. Mm -hmm. And you're inspiring in how you hold the whole relationship game, I'm going to call it. (laughs) Thank you so so much for having me on your show, for being such an inspiration in my life, for doing your work, for walking your talk. And I look forward to somehow coming through Montana one day and going, hey, well, thank you for listening to the beauty of conflict podcast. If you're dealing with a difficult situation in your life or work, remember every conflict is a chance for you to be vulnerable and curious and find creative solutions that you hadn't considered before and make your situation even better. 
Beautiful breakthroughs can be born out of conflict. We've seen this happen thousands of times over the last 20 years, and we know this is possible for everyone, including you. We're grateful you listened to this show, and we're rooting for you. And if you enjoyed this show, please tell a few friends and or post a five-star review on iTunes. Your review helps new listeners discover this show. More people listening to this show means less friction and arguing and suffering out in the world. So that's a great thing for everyone. Also, visit our website, thriveinc.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-I-N-C.com to read our articles, join our newsletter, buy our books, and learn more about the services that we offer. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a peaceful, productive, and beautiful day.